0: welcome everybody to episode three of the wellness policy we are back for the month of march in 2021 my name is waiting joined as always by jordan goodman how you doing jordan
1: yes how could i not feel good i am hanging with the cowboy himself yeehaw
0: okay the cowboy as you hit your cowbell how appropriate mm. is that I love that it that is perfect uh, Jordan, it's, it's been a month and, um, how have, you know, how has the March been for you since we've last spoken?
1: Uh, March, March has been great. I'm fully vaccinated. So that's a, a step in the right direction. I've also, Congratulations. uh, thank you. Uh, I've also flossed many more days than I have not flossed. Uh, so to tie back to the, uh, end of episode two, uh, like I think I've created my own atomic habit.
0: So you are past, what, like the 30-day threshold of flossing? Uh,
1: I believe so. It's been, yeah, four weeks at least. Um, So I think uh, I can identify as someone who flosses my teeth.
0: It is now part of your identity. I think it's in your Twitter bio, is it not? Mm, uh,
1: It's not
0: yet.
1: Flosser. I've, I've been told we need to, to reach the three month threshold in order to add it to the bio, uh, but we're well on our way. You
0: get a verified, like, flossing check mark from Twitter? This is true. This is, it.
1: How, what, you know what? This is a, I've been studying NFT a lot, but that could be a, a similar uh, business of social currency, of, of dental authentication in
0: our social media. You know, why do we not advertise that, you know, on our resumes? How, are, how healthy our, our dental reports are? You know, like, why is that not part of I would, our maybe credit check?
1: It's It says a lot if we're going to hire someone.
0: <laughs> Surely it does. I, I will say, even though, like, I did not at all intend on making flossing a part of my habits, hearing you talk about it so much has just kind of made me a bit more aware of my own um, flossing habits. And I've actually started the same habit myself. So I'm not going to say I do it every single day, but like, I certainly do it. I probably want to say 100 times, like, well, okay, many times more than I used to. Like, I would probably floss five days out of a week now.
1: Amazing. Not only have you started flossing more often, you uh, started a pro wrestling review podcast talking about dental
0: hygiene. Apparently, this is just a topic that is, is just relevant permeating per throughout all the sources. John Pollock himself now, I think, uh, paying a bit more attention to his gum health. So, mm. yeah, I did order some. <laughs> how far do we want to go into this dental health thing? Uh, <laughs> you've
1: you've promoted me as an Instagram absurdist, so I'm happy to go as far down as you'd like way.
0: Well, it's appropriate that Neil Flanagan is here because he is the man who, uh, after listening to our conversation last week, like I must be the biggest spokesperson now for these KiraProx toothbrushes, which are Swiss made ultra soft toothbrushes. Uh, they're expensive. They're kind of bougie, you know, bougie, soft toothbrushes that are like $7 Canadian each. But listen, mm. for my dental health, it's worth it. So I've ordered those and can't wait to try them.
1: Wow. Well, uh, please report back and uh, maybe for I, I feel like I feel like I'm part of the post wrestling family at this point. So I don't know if I'm, I should expect a holiday gift. But uh, if one is coming, uh, I know what it's going to be.
0: Post-wrestling toothbrushes? Okay, we'll work on that. Uh, But we are not here to talk about uh, dental health. We are here to talk about meditation. Now, Mm. in choosing a topic for this week's show, I mean, I think we talked about a number of things that people have suggested that we wanted to get to eventually, but I felt like meditation was appropriate for this particular show uh, relatively early in our run because I think, you know, obviously this past year, um, has been very trying for everybody. And I certainly feel like for myself, I've been a lot more interested in how, in strategies to deal with stress, deal with uncertainty. And meditation is constantly always that comes up. Um, not just kind of like, you know, in our little community, not just in the discord. Uh, I know it's something that a lot of our audience takes part in and, uh, i but you know, in daily life, it's something I hear a lot about, and I know you have that prior experience with it. Uh, what, what, can you maybe describe maybe your own experience with meditation?
1: Sure. So, uh, I experienced a ton of anxiety as a young teen. And so, I mean, I remember being maybe 12, 13 years old and, uh, some mental health professional offering a cassette tape of guided meditation. Uh, and I suppose that may have been my introduction to it. I remember really vibing with a health teacher in high school. And once a year, she would offer guided meditations throughout the day on, uh, on the gym mats uh, in the wrestling room. And every day that year, I would sneak out of all of the classes I was in when I knew she was offering that. And just like... Lay down, close my eyes, and imagine uh, logs uh, rolling down a stream. I still remember that like super clearly. Um, meditation is something that in a sense has kind of always been with me since I was a kid. Uh, I really started taking a, it a bit more seriously in undergrad when I was a psychology major and uh, studying uh, mindfulness, uh, mindfulness meditation as a clinical application. In, in psychotherapy and in counseling. And at that point, uh, I really started a, a more regular practice and then found a, a a Buddhist meditation center in my local community and would go sit with uh, a, a Buddhist monk and a few dozen people in community uh, as she led uh, meditation and discussion. Uh, so in many ways, it's it's been this path that has been ever-present for me. And as I became a psychotherapist and uh, started kind of creating my own uh, applications in graduate school, uh, I started incorporating guided meditation, uh, but but using rhythm, uh, both playing a drum of my own, uh, but then being able to guide all kinds of people through a a guided meditation experience as they're also uh, playing rhythmic instruments.
0: So it sounds like you you know you've been doing it for quite a while. You've been practicing it for quite a while, I should say. And um, like how long you know before you start to really kind of see any sort of effects? Um, because I would imagine the reason you've kept it kept going for so long is because it has been effective for you.
1: Of course, look, it's a tricky question. I could ask you uh, how many guitar lessons did it take before you felt like you could play the guitar? You know, so there's there's no finish line, and in many ways there's really no starting line except uh, beginning the practice. Meditation, uh, like many other things, is simply a practice. So there's no point in which you can say, oh, I have become a meditator or I've become, uh, like, quote, an expert uh, in meditation, uh, perhaps. Uh, I know that every time I meditate, I feel better for doing it. But I've also become aware of times in which oh, you know what, I just responded to this situation in my life in a different way than I probably would have in the past, and I think a meditation practice had a lot to do with it. So when we're talking about meditation way, we're really talking about becoming more aware. We're expanding our consciousness. And the way I like to describe it is the difference between being responsive to something happening in our lives uh, versus being reactive. When we talk about reactivity, often there's an unconscious element where it feels like we don't have control of a situation. So, you know, maybe someone says something rude to our face and uh, a reactive uh, uh, behavior could be to punch the person in the face or to yell at them or to get really fearful and like turn inward and get scared. Um, Where a responsive, more conscious uh, approach could be uh, taking in what was shared And considering how we actually want to uh, deal with the situation in the moment. Um, So throughout my life, I mean, every day, many times a day, uh, as I'm experiencing my experience, quite frankly, like I can notice more the ways in which uh, a meditation practice has kind of cultivated my ability to deal with life.
0: So, you know, in in preparation for this discussion, uh, Jordan and I did read a book this month and we'll be kind of, uh, you know, guiding our our conversation very loosely, but maybe occasionally going back to this book, which is called How to Meditate by Pema Chodron. Uh, Who is Pema Chodron, Jordan?
1: Uh, Pema Chodron uh, is a a meditation teacher, uh, I believe, in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Uh, And she, I have found to be one of the more effective uh, educators, leaders, teachers, facilitators uh, in the world at really living and and learning that uh, the the meditation lifestyle in a more traditional sense, uh, but then being able to successfully uh, introduce it to to a a more Western audience.
0: And, And what did you think of this introduction to meditation?
1: I loved it. Uh, I really actually loved it. Um, I found it to be a quick read and easy read. Um, but but there was nothing I felt like I wanted to skip through uh, every every page felt uh, worthy of my time and and with just richness and a lot of value. Um, I really like how she introduced uh, the practice of meditation. Um, and, and I, I want to say and, and offer to you, because I'm interested in your experience of the book uh you know she she definitely introduced it in uh, a more traditional way than perhaps uh headspace would uh mm-hmm. in their Netflix series that we also check some out um or if you just uh t- take in their their programming uh or content on the app or or elsewhere um but I found it to be uh easy to follow along and and I think in talking with you uh perhaps the, the first half or two thirds uh, may have been easier when she's talking more about the the techniques of what we're doing. And then in, in the back half of the book where it became uh, a, a bit more, I don't know if philosophical is the right word, but uh, maybe less uh, practical or tactical. Um, I found that to be incredibly enriching, uh, but I think it's helped that I've had uh Uh, a lot of practice. And so I'm able to better relate to the experiences and the perspectives that she was sharing.
0: For me, um, you know, I've had, I think some experience with meditation. I've like sat in with like meditation groups and would probably have tried it off and on, but never really at at a consistent level. So I came in with a bit of uh, introduction, but even me, I would say I would, in reading this book, I found it, uh, like you said, the first few chapters very helpful because it, Kind of talked about, you know, it it brought me into meditation from a more general sense, um, from a more practical sense, you know, like giving you some instruction about how to sit, you know, uh, whether or not you should open your eyes, where to place your hands, things like that. Um it's when she, like you mentioned, John, or, or sorry, uh, Jordan, like, I'm so used to podcasting with that, uh, the other guy, uh, like you mentioned, Jordan, like, it, you know, it is her teachings are very much rooted in Buddhism. And so um, that obviously will be the, you know, her, her points of, of introduction. And some of these things are really interesting, um, and especially at an introductory level, but Towards the end is when I definitely kind of get lost. And, you know, this was an interesting conversation that you and I had in even choosing a book. How, how, you know, like what, why, why choose a book when this is something that really should be practiced? And my argument was that, you know, uh, the reason why I like to tie these podcasts into books is because it keeps me thinking about this. This topic, whatever the topic may be for the entire month, I constantly go back to it because I now have this thing that I've committed to, you know, um, spending my time with throughout the course of an entire month. So that was helpful. But ultimately, I do think you this is a, only a supplement to practicing itself and, and shouldn't necessarily be, you know, any sort of replacement. We can also talk totally. about, about the Headspace um, series on Netflix if you wanted to compare mm. and contrast, Jordan.
1: Sure. So when I, when I said that uh, Pema's book was maybe a, a bit more traditional, uh, you mentioned like sitting with a specific posture, uh, or whether the, the eyes are closed or not. Um, where compared to episode one of the, the Netflix headspace series, uh, he offered if you want to sit down, fine. If you want to lay down, fine. If you want to stand, like whatever feels comfortable for you in the moment, uh, is fine. And, uh, th- that's how I typically uh, will, will offer guided meditation as well, uh, because I found that for a lot of people, especially in our culture, uh, they have this expectation that meditation, in order to quote unquote do it right, uh, they need to like have a Buddha-like uh, posture and be really uh, stiff and straight and not move. And a lot of people feel like the goal is to have zero thought. And there's all these preconceived notions around it. And really the, the point of meditation is to cultivate uh, a, a presence within us that is a bit softer, uh, less judgmental, um, less prone to clinging to thoughts or feelings or sensations or just experiences that pop up in, in the present moment. So there's really like a softness and an opening and an acceptance Uh, to life itself. And and that's why the ways in which I often share uh, these kinds of experiences, uh, I want to offer that even in the instruction. Uh, Because really, the point of meditation is to simply return our attention back to the present moment. And it's a constant uh, redirection of that thoughts will come up, emotions will come up, we get pulled in different ways. uh, But then we notice it. And we don't need to judge anything that's happening. We just simply bring our attention back to the present moment. Uh, one of the reasons I really liked uh, the Headspace uh, series, and I only watched the, the first few, but uh, they've just done a masterful job of connecting with a Western audience. I mean, I, I would argue they have done more uh, recently, or perhaps ever, maybe the Beatles uh, certainly did a lot many decades ago to really bring some of these concepts and practices uh, into our culture. Um, but more recently, Headspace has done just a masterful job of branding and marketing and more generally communicating uh, these philosophies, these practices to, to our culture. Uh, I love the illustration, the animation, uh, the music, uh, and it felt really accessible to kind of jump in and get started.
0: Yeah, that's something I I I think, you know, the power of having something like a Netflix at this point that most people I know subscribe to automatically makes anything that is uploaded to it and advertised on the front page immediately relevant and incredibly accessible for anybody. So uh these are very watchable. Like really they, they're they're advertised as like twenty minutes, but really they're like ten minutes of explanation. And then like the back half is just an actual practice guided by, you know, uh and, and they're separated by topics such as how to deal with stress, how to deal with pain. Um just I think presenting it in a very manageable, um in more of a modern way, I would say, that might be relevant to to people like like myself. Uh, But nonetheless, you know, getting back to like, you know, both, both items. And at this point, I do want to throw it out to the, to the room. If anybody has anything to add or anything they want to say into the conversation, simply raise your hand and I'll get to you uh, at an appropriate time. I want this to be a, an open discussion for everybody. But um, yeah, getting back to the book itself, I still found, despite maybe some of the language tripping me up at times, I still found the concepts very, very um, applicable and, and very interesting. Um, one of the things that, you know, Pema Shudra talks about is the concept of, of suffering. To you, Jordan, what what does suffering mean in this context?
1: You know, I think it was the book, The Road Less Traveled, uh, when I was maybe a late teen. That was uh, one of the, the first like self-development books I read. And I kind of think the first sentence of that book is, is some version of life is suffering and or life is to suffer. And I know this is a a traditional Buddhist concept. And when uh, and I feel like I don't know if we shared this, or I shared this on uh, the wellness policy, but I've definitely had a a public conversation recently about this, in particular, but sharing that was really freeing for me. Because for most of us, when we experience unpleasant uh, realities, whether it's Um, physical pain or sadness or anger or disappointment often what we do is try to like eliminate it as quickly and and as effortlessly as we can um and perhaps not effortlessly because in many ways we're constantly uh fighting against unpleasant experience and these could be thoughts they could be feelings they could be interactions with other people etc um I have found that, especially I mentioned earlier, for much of my life, I experienced uh, anxiety. And, and as a, a young teen and a late teen, I, I experienced panic attacks. And one of the things that really uh, became like an unlock for me was that if I start relating to the unpleasant uh, experience and sensation of anxiety, if I start relating to it in a kinder way in, in a more open, gentler way, instead of fighting it, that it almost like defangs the energy in a sense. Often when we try to fight something, and this is all happening within us. So when we're fighting our own anxiety or we're fighting our own disappointment or anger, all we're really doing is creating more conflict internally. But I found that when we can start relating to uh, this, this, quote, suffering in an open, more compassionate, kinder way, uh, then we're c- actually creating space for that energy to move through us and to be expressed instead of us just stuffing it down um, or taking it out in other unproductive ways. Um, and this really gets to the heart of a meditation practice. As I said earlier, it's this idea of just cultivating a more open, accepting, non uh, nonjudgmental uh, awareness and existence. And much of that is... Allowing the things that create suffering within us to rise to the surface and um, for it to eventually become free because we're not fighting against it anymore.
0: Hmm. So I'm trying to think of like a, an example. And actually in, in our conversation, you, you brought up one that you've had recently about pain management and how meditation helped you through, would you care to share
1: yeah, absolutely. And then I saw like Jesus literally raised his hand, so I think oh, we can bring great. him in. Um, so maybe five years ago, I dislocated my shoulder. Uh, d- dumb, remarkable story uh, at a trampoline park. I was racing myself in a uh, in one of those big foam pits of foam blocks. And as I was swimming uh, back out, my left shoulder just dislocated. And as I was slowly sinking into the, the foam blocks, um, I remember like having the experience uh, within myself of accepting what was happening. And by the time I got to the hospital and had to wait for a doctor to tend to me, it it was three hours that my shoulder was dislocated. And like, it was brutal fucking pain. And it came in these like quick cycles, maybe every 10 seconds or less, it was just another like tsunami of this uh, really incredible pain. But I realized during it and especially after the fact that all of my practice of meditation, I think made that experience, uh, a lot more manageable. Uh, I could imagine that maybe without the experience, uh, I could have easily slipped into a victim mentality of like, why me, this isn't fair. I hate that this is happening. Like this is, uh, someone else's fault that would have created more pain. Um, I was also able to work with my body, so I I really, really focused on my breath, so that helped kind of take the attention a bit off the the physical pain and the injury, Um, it helped prevent me from like really freaking out over this sense of helplessness of I'm waiting in a hospital with a dislocated shoulder, and like no one is tending to me right now. Um, It helped develop more empathy and compassion for the other people in the waiting room. Uh, Some seemed to be in even more dire pain than I was in. Um, So in a sense, look, I couldn't change the reality of the situation. My fucking shoulder was dislocated and it sucked, but I was able to really connect with my breath. In that way, I was physiologically uh, calming my body and my mind down. Um, but it was also a practice of just accepting what was and and rolling with it uh, and then trusting that when the time was right, I would meet with the doctor and we would get this settled.
0: At this point, uh, if Jesus, if you want to uh, say anything, this is uh, our chance to get to speak to you. Uh, let me just introduce everybody to Jesus. He's a an amazing artist that I met through Instagram, and uh, I specifically uh, invited him to ju- jump on the show because he, in the past, has talked to me about what meditation has done to for him. So uh, welcome, Jesus.
2: Hi. Um, well, a lot of things. You're talking about pain. So I've always been able to... I've had a... Many many traumatic things happened to me. I I uh, I lit myself on fire during a punk rock show, and uh, this is before meditation. Uh, but I, I can I could, I've always been able to deal with those like instantly traumatic things very well. I fell off the Congress Theater in Chicago. I fell like two stories on Valentine's Day, but both those situations I remained calm and, and got through it. But m- my issue would be maybe because of those traumas that I had, sort of a block and was unable to deal with like minuscule issues in front of in front of my face, everyday life kind of thing. So my friend John, who was in that punk rock band with me, um, he actually had been meditating for a dozen years. And, and I had been in a dark spot probably in 2018. And he he recognized that and, and reached out to me and he knew I was broke. So I traded him some artwork in exchange for him to teach me uh, meditation. So we met a few times. So I practice Vedic meditation is what I do. So you were talking about, um, so what we do, I just sit casually. This is the way he taught me and just kind of fall into for 30 seconds and get my mind kind of cleared and breathe in and then we'll go into meditation for 20 minutes. And, uh, the thing before, cause I, I've tried it in small doses, but he, you think that you have to be like pristine-minded and, like you said, think of nothing, but it's it's almost the opposite where you you are allowing any thought that comes your way into your brain, but just moving forward. Like a mantra, John told me means a vehicle of the mind. So you use the mantra is to get you through this uh, journey, not really going anywhere in particular, but as you go. I thought I'll pop up in your head about an ex-girlfriend or some so, some some other thing and you go toward it. He told me even go towards the dark things because you you are a, you don't want to avoid them. You accept it for what it is and allow it to flow out of your life. Like instead of fighting it, you're making it you know more dark into your, your body. So I'll, I'll have an itch on my head and I allow myself to scratch that itch instead of suppressing that feeling and saying well i can't move i have to be so still and and serene but it's accepting all the chaos but learning how to like you let it go uh it's just so much easier and easier and for for example this morning i knew i was going to come on here and thursdays at work have been very chaotic so i missed a thursday i missed my meditation probably two thursdays ago and had been drinking showed up and it was just total chaos and it was the closest I've been in a long time to to having a, a nervous breakdown or, or a panic attack but was able to get through it but went home and immediately meditated and kind of learned to let that go and have made sure to get up and and do that before work especially knowing today I was going to come on here to talk about meditation and it was a stressful day there's a lot of stuff going on but I uh, remained remained calm and got through it because uh I want to, by example, because it's done me such a world of good and anybody who will sit and talk with me about it, I'll I'll talk their ear off all all day. But it's just, I've learned to let things go that I have no control over anymore. And even uh, beating myself up over one bad day would usually just like crush myself, but just say, okay, you were an idiot yesterday. You did what you did. Let's not make that mistake again. And it's just made my life a lot easier to, to get through. And it's not a cure all. And I still make mistakes, but it's it's being able to learn from those mistakes, um, and adopt, you know, that into my life. So I'm sorry if I babbled on, I just, when, when I do meditate, um, John told me, cause I have so much repressed, like anxiety and stuff. So when I do meditate, I sort of shake, I, like vibrate, which uh, I still haven't really looked into it very much, but it's all this repressed, like energy has nowhere to go and it's been clogged up for so long that it's finally moving through my body, but it's such a blockage that I'm kind of shaking to try to work through it. Can I say one last thing? Um, sure,
3: please. So
2: what really broke in my head, because it, it's always seemed like such a uh, overtly spiritual, like heavy-handed thing, but the way John broke it down to me, is it's it's just a it's an exercise for your brand new hose, you know to water you lawn, But you just leave it there over a couple winters, and ants start building dirt mounds in it. Slowly but surely, you kind of lose track of that hose. So when you do finally turn to, decide to turn that hose on, it's got all this gunk in it. So it's going to take a while for that water to start flowing out. But it, it 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 will work its way through there. You just have to learn to learn that water uh, just go through you. You know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing. I mean, I, I, I,
1: yeah, dude, I really identify with that. Even with the, with the 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 hose that uh, the metaphor. Even just sometimes it, it gets knotted up, and the water yes. isn't coming out. But then when you kind of undo it, sometimes it just like shoots out because you had all this energy that's been building and building. Um, for me, like thank God, as a young kid, I found uh, guitar like a, a, a heavy, loud, distorted guitar. And then, oh shit, I can just beat the fuck out of a drum set. Like that moved my energy when mm. I was too young to have the the skills or the language to really express a lot of what was going on inside of me. Um, yesterday I did the, uh, the, the headspace meditation on Netflix. And I realized that for the first three or four minutes, it was hard for me to kind of calm the waters and uh, to your point, I really uh, accepted and allowed my body to do what it wanted to do. So I allowed my body to shake uh, certain parts of my limbs, my body as a whole. Um, I even like stood up and started doing a bit Tai Chi, uh, which is very related to these meditation um, practices where we're kind of um, moving the body in a more relaxed, intentional way. Um, but but yes, yeah, so many of us in in our culture we're We're really constricting our physical state because for us to just shake like a dog will get up from laying on a couch and just completely shake and release all that energy like that would be weird for us to do out in public well I was raised we Penteco-
4: don't
2: I'm, I was raised Pentecostal so they when they get, these are the people that get the Holy Ghost like the evangelicals where they will <laughs> shake because they have this weird energy in their body now I don't agree with their their philosophy that totally put me off is another thing why I avoided any kind of spirituality because of my religious upbringing but uh yeah once I accepted it it's just part of what happens and I just let it move my side. I'm sorry to
1: interrupt you I apologize no all good dude and the more we start to resist these things to your point like the energy needs to go somewhere you know and, and often uh-huh. when, we, when we we talk about the word emotion I mean we're, we're talking about energy in motion so when we have these emotional experiences, Uh, oftentimes we just completely identify with them and the storylines that that we hook to these things. So, oh, uh, I'm angry or I'm sad. And we create this narrative of what that means about ourselves and our lives when really we could just simply start observing our anger uh, or observing our anxiety and uh, not necessarily getting uh, lost in the story of it. Um, You know, you you used the example earlier of, of a sky, so often I, I like using that if we're just looking at a sky and clouds are going to roll on by some planes are going to come through some birds, uh, maybe some sounds and debris, whatever else, but every time something kind of rolls through our sky, we can just simply notice it, a thought comes into our head, uh, an emotion, uh, as we start feeling an emotion, uh, our, our head itches, uh, these things happen, we can notice it, and then we can just let them go as, as yeah. they roll on by in, in, the, in the sky. Um, but when we start trying to attach ourselves to it um, or try to control these things, uh, that's often when we're starting to create uh, a, a lot of friction and that energy ends up getting stuck. Yes.
2: Yeah, and builds resentment towards people that is unnecessary for that to, to happen. I, I, I've learned how to call myself out on my own bullshit, but another thing is calling other people out on their bullshit. When I think they're in the wrong without doing it in a, in, a, in a confrontational manner, but just being very matter of fact, let's deal with this now instead of putting it away, even even overnight, if you're ready to deal with that. If not, I'll, I'll move on and do something else. But uh, it's learned me to like let things go that I have no control over in that moment. I can come back and deal with it another time, but you just you just keep on. Yeah, like you said, but I'll, I'll, I'll get off. I've been on here for a bit, but uh, thanks for having me on way. Nice to finally have a talk with you and, and nice to meet you, Jordan uh have a wonderful day
0: thank you thanks, thank you jesus, jesus. yeah Hope to uh interact with you a bit more in the future for sure Which man take it. care later man um well, you want to keep going to some phone calls here yeah i see some hands up love it yeah let's go to scrump scrump from pwts what's going on
5: uh, bang bang <laughs> bang bang. what is up gentlemen how, how are bang, you guys doing?
0: bang very well very wonderful. well nice thanks for making the time
5: of course you guys know that, uh, I always make the time for, for you and Jordan. Um, so kind of like with everything he has been talking meditation as a whole has always just been something I've, I've wanted to do. Like I, I do a lot of breathing exercises. Um, I find with like the stress from just every, everyday life, but like on top of work with as much as I work, um, sometimes I just need to sit down and just breathe. Like, uh, Thankfully, my Apple watch will sometimes be like, hey, yo, yo, like, take a breath, you know, um, which is good, because as silly as it sounded to me, you know, a few months ago, like just breathing uh, does a lot for you. Um, but with like, with actual meditation, again, it, it is a thing that I've always just been interested in much with like yoga, but just haven't haven't actually gone out of my way to do it. But um, with breathing exercises in particular, I've, I've, I've felt at least that's kind of helped. And I don't know how much like meditation per se that really is. But just kind of hearing you guys talk, like I know for me personally, like that's a thing that um, when you're overwhelmed, when you're stressed with whatever the case may be, you know, like I, I see a lot of people using the excuse of like we're in a pandemic. so It's okay to feel like this, but like we're human. So it's okay to feel, you know, anxious or stressed at any time, you know, you don't have to use the context of, you know, there's real shitty things going on in the world, or there's a pandemic going on. Like, I think that's one of the things we should kind of normalize as well, that like, if everything in the world is going right, and you just won the lottery and, you know, your favorite sports team just won their championship. Like if you still feel, you know, like kind of down and, like you need a mental health break, like that's also fine. Like I, I like I I I hope I'm not straying away too far. That that is just a thing I see a lot of people kind of just like with you know like with metal with meditation and mental health kind of like as a whole is a lot of people kind of just try to like it's it should just be a thing if you're having a bad time. But like I've kind of found, you know, like even if I'm having a great time, sometimes I do need to kind of just get away from everyone kind of just spend some time just breathe and kind of get back in my zone if, if that makes any sense to you guys
0: it does yeah i i think you hit on something that I've, i i i'm i'm interested in is you know is there what is the distinction between a breathing exercise and a meditation practice first of all do we even need to define that distinction um but like because i'm reading this like book and it's anytime i certainly practice I it largely feels like at least it starts off as a breathing exercise. Now, I mean there might be other benefits to it, but are are we talking about the same thing, Jordan?
1: I think generally yes. Uh the breath is an anchor. The breath is often used as the anchor of a meditation and really for me a definition of a meditation practice is uh really bringing our attention to something specific. So often that is the breath. Maybe it could be on uh, gratitude or it could be um, on a visualization, for instance. And when our mind starts to wander, we practice uh, the meditation by redirecting our attention back to the object of our meditation. So yeah, often it is our breath. The breath is something that every human being has it's something that we don't need to consciously control for it to still be there um, but if we do learn how to uh breathe in a more specific way uh which would be a specific type of breath practice then there's a lot of power uh in that um you know to breathe in a certain way um specifically uh from our diaphragm uh that turns on uh what uh, the parasympathetic uh part of our physiology, so we call that the relaxation response, which is the the flip of the stress response. We actually have something called a stress response, where if uh, we feel that we're under threat of some kind, maybe um, an animal may attack, or maybe we're insulted uh, by someone uh, on social media. Uh, When we feel this sense of stress, all these things happen physiologically throughout our body. Uh, that put us into a state to do something about it. Um, Because of how our brains and our minds have developed, many of us actually live in this constant state of drip, where the stress response never fully gets turned off. So uh, being able to learn certain breathing techniques uh, helps uh, us train our bodies uh, to calm itself down. Um, and, And then with that, Uh, you know, in in practice, the the associated emotions and and thoughts and beliefs about ourselves are going to be a a bit more calm as well. Um, So, yeah, uh, breathing is everything. I mean, if I'm ever in a situation where I notice, oh, man, I just went down the rabbit hole and uh, I don't feel grounded. Immediately, I I turn back to the breath.
4: Uh, Well,
5: I know, Oh well, I mean I wanted to say I know waiting is someone who constantly lives, you know, with drip because the man's always dressed to the T. Um, but like Jordan, for so for someone who uh like with me, I, I very much want to get into meditation for like a very, you know, meditation one oh one for dummies, like what would you recommend? I mean, like for me or along with like anyone else in the chat right now, like what what would you say is like the first step? I mean, obviously like aside from the, you know, practicing your breathing exercises and things of that nature, but like, where, where should I, what should my next step be?
1: Great question. Uh, for one, I'd say hang out for a few more minutes and I'll lead all of us through a guided drum-based meditation. Um, there are many apps uh, that are free. Uh, I, I believe Headspace has a, a, a free uh, tier, I think. I, I know I use the Insight Timer app, uh, which I believe has tens of thousands of free meditations. Uh, there's plenty on YouTube as well if you're looking for a guided experience but really i believe that for you to simply take one mindful breath like that's a successful practice of meditation so maybe we were talking about atomic habits last month maybe we habit stack so maybe we associate that with something that we're already going to be doing throughout our day so maybe every time you open a door So if you leave your bedroom, if you walk into work, if you go in and out of the car, every time you open a door, you now take one mindful breath where you really focus on breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth and just letting your body and your mind settle in the breath and just focus on the experience of one mindful breath. Uh, Then you're going to start having a meditation practice, um, at least bringing that uh, a, a bit more regularly into your daily life, if, if every time it's, you know, opening a door, let's say. Um, but if you want something more formal, then, yeah, one of, the, one of these apps or, or on YouTube um, or local classes, there's, there's plenty of uh, experiences uh, to be led through meditation right now. Um, you mentioned yoga before. Like, I knew this shit was coming. Like, yoga was really maturing into the mainstream uh, 15 years ago when like many communities like started having yoga studios and I really believe it happened that way in this culture because we most identify with the physical self first, but in many ways, uh, yoga was like this Trojan horse, uh, in, in our culture to, uh, you know, people thought it was exercise, you know, let me get like my core shredded doing yoga. Uh, but these yoga experiences uh, started helping our community members, uh, uh, create language and to get more comfortable with these ideas of uh, connecting with our breath and bringing in more of the, the, the mental energetic spiritual emotional aspects that is very much a part of yoga in addition to the physical practice. Um, so I had a sense a, a while ago, this was coming. Uh, and and I really think it, it's been headspace in, in many ways. And I mean, even for me, what put it over the top uh, way and and scrum uh, in the US election this past November, like the CNN coverage was sponsored by the calm meditation app. And to me, it was like, all right, this shit is mainstream at this point, like meditation as a practice is very much in the conversation of uh, the collective culture right now. Um, So uh, I I hope that helps scrum, but I mean, really, there's so many opportunities at any moment in your life to, uh, to, to practice, uh, these things that we're talking about.
5: I definitely does. I'll, I'll check out some of those, those apps and YouTube videos. Um, thanks again for, for this monthly show. It's one of my favorites. You guys are crushing it. Uh, love you guys. Take care and uh shout out to Brandon from New Jersey.
0: Fuck yeah. love you too, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Scrum. Let's go up next to Adam. Uh, or actually, uh, yes, let's go to Adam first. Adam, are you there?
6: Hey, Ray. Hey, Jordan. How are you? Hey, Adam.
0: Thanks for making hey, the talk.
6: Buddy. Oh, thanks for having me on. Um, maybe I just want to chip in with my own two cents on meditation in the past. Um yes, please. It's something that I haven't tried now for many years. It was kind of recommended to me at the time by a therapist when I've been going through some anxiety issues that maybe meditation will be something good to try. Um, I did try it a few times. And I personally didn't feel the benefit of meditation at that time now fortunately for me, I was able to find something else completely different. Um, I do a lot of daily planning and weekly goals and things like that and how I can achieve things I want to do in that week so that's kind of I guess my own meditation that i've I have found but what i what I would maybe want to ask you guys is because I tried it and I didn't feel like I got much out of meditation is how would you measure kind of the success you think you're finding in meditation? And
1: how would you measure your performance, your feeling?
0: That's a great question.
1: That is a great question. Um, look, I think it's different for everyone. And I also wouldn't be uh, so audacious to say that like meditation should be for everyone. You know, we are all very different. Um, in addition to having, you know, such commonality, um, Look, for many people, like meditation is just hard and it's boring and like laborious. And that's why I've found that incorporating something tactile like drumming and the vibration of, of rhythms, uh, like I've been able to get four year olds to meditate for 10 minutes. And, and I've been able to get uh, 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 high school kids uh, on the autism spectrum uh, to, to meditate for uh, 30 minutes at a time Um, and, and all kinds of different people Uh, because I think uh, a lot of people have this, this uh, notion that to meditate means you need to sit in a perfect posture and be completely still and silent for a minimum of 30 minutes in order for it to be successful. Um, But there's really many ways to do it. Um, For me, I I think it comes down to uh, present moment awareness. So maybe if you're able uh, during or after a meditation uh, session or, or practice uh, to to be able to ask yourself like how often or not did I feel like present in that experience?" Um, I think that's a good indicator. If you're able to have any awareness of that answer, that means that something was working. Just the fact that you could have the the awareness of answering that question um, is 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 some key information um Look, for me, when I meditate, uh, I want to feel more compassionate and open towards myself and the world more generally. So oftentimes that's a a good indicator for me, but sometimes like it's really hard and sometimes it's a struggle. Uh, but I will say that I've never regretted, uh, practicing. And, and even if it felt like a quote, wasn't working, uh, I feel like the practice in and of itself was a success for me. Um, I'm curious if you have any impressions way, uh, but really like this is different for everyone. So it does feel really personal.
0: Yeah, for me, um, I, I I definitely appreciate Adam's questions because, I mean, I think that it was kind of what I was getting at with you earlier on, Jordan, about like what it was that you noticed that it kind of clicked for you because I definitely go through periods where uh, in practicing meditation, I go through, sometimes it's like I just fall asleep. Sometimes I really, um, you know, it's relaxing. Uh, but sometimes the one time, like a, a few times where it's really worked for me, I just noticed a general sense of calm it you know compared to from before to after and and a and a sense of being able to fully listen to somebody in while I'm having a conversation with them after I've just meditated that is very different from how um how our, my interaction would have been before and I I feel like that would be directly attributed to it um and and it's because of that that I. Understand that there's a lot more to this that I'm not really fully uh, um, experiencing yet. And, and I, I have faith that with more practice that some of these things will, will unlock. Now, my, my other question to you is because, you know, you've kind of brought up music uh, several times now in, in relation to this discussion. Does meditation have to be, you know, sitting down, breathing, you know, can you be meditating while you're doing all these other things? whether it be music, whether it be driving, whether it be, you know, eating food.
1: Yeah, so I don't want to, one, be the expert here in in the sense of suggesting do a meditation practice while you're driving. Uh, In many ways, I think that would just be unsafe, because we all have different uh, understandings or definitions of what a meditation practice is. Now, of course, it would behoove all of us to be uh, to practice mindfulness as we're driving, to keep our eyes and ears on the road. Uh, many of us know what it's like to uh, realize, oh, we've been driving on the highway for ten minutes and didn't even really remember like what was I was doing, but yet like the autopilot was keeping us relatively safe. Uh, much of what we do in life is this sense of autopilot. Um, but but yeah, like I enjoy. Ah, uh, music in my meditation practice. I, I find it to be grounding. I, I find uh, to be making music, but also to be listening to music is very helpful. Um, but also, I know that there are benefits for me in the differences uh, of, of meditating without being active physically and and being creative with my music making. Um, so. But but again, like this is a very personalized thing. Way so um, yeah, I mean I, I think we can in- incorporate this in, into cooking or there's walking meditations. There's all kinds of ways to uh, incorporate the practice.
0: I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, are we ultimately talking about uh, mindfulness in 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 anything that we're doing? Uh, because one of the thing one of the things that they would teach actually in in um, I guess, introductory um, meditation courses is the concept of the raisin, right? Taking the raisin, like they, they hand out raisins and they just pass one to each person and they ask you to describe like, you know, the, the sensations that you're feeling. And And I think the idea there, at least to me, is to just be able to be fully aware of what you're eating rather than, you know, as we do most often eating while we're watching TV or looking at our phones and not thinking about the food that we're, we're actually ingesting. And by the time that we're done the meal, the whole thing's over. The experience is over.
1: Yeah. So the raisin becomes the object of the meditation. And if you're being guided through it or you're guiding yourself, you could start with uh, noticing becoming more aware of the texture of the raisin and the way in which it's uh, like hitting the tongue or the teeth. Uh, or the taste um, or the the sensation uh, and mechanics of chewing uh, um, or sucking on a raisin perhaps. And then other thoughts will pop in our head. We'll start noticing, Oh shit, like I got to do this tomorrow morning. And Oh man, that thing we did 10 years ago was awesome. Like we'll be pulled in different directions. And then what we just do uh, in, in a compassionate way to ourselves is to gently redirect our attention back to the object of meditation at that moment, which is the raisin.
0: Let's go up next to Nick. Nick, if you're there, what's going on? Hi guys. Who
3: are you? Hey bud. Great. Uh, Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for doing this. Meditation is something that I'm super passionate about and I, I really got started doing it by sheer coincidence because it was a few years ago where uh, one of my family members who I was very close with passed away and I had to go back to school the next day. And just by serendipity, I had registered an, an Asian religions course. And after a few weeks, I'd gotten you know to know the professor. And she said, you know, I see that you're struggling a little bit. I think you, you'd really benefit from, from meditation and seeking out maybe a, a religious service to go to And really just try it out and and get yourself into a new experience, a new environment. And so I went back home and I went to a Dhammakaya Buddhist temple. And I was totally out of my comfort zone. The hour of meditation that they have you do, that first hour was absolute agony. But then towards the end, I really got in touch with, you know, they call it the center of your body, which is your stomach where you can really feel your breathing, where you can kind of feel your mind somewhat. And I've gone back several times since then. I've really adopted like that experience into several aspects of my own life and just sort of developing a routine for myself. And it's definitely a deeply, it's a deeply personal thing, because I'm not a religious person specifically, but I think, you know, taking aspects of that experience and divvying it up over the course of you know, the past few years of my life has led me to become like a far more relaxed and more guided person. It's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I feel like I have like questions to ask you, but I just don't like, because it, and this is the difficulty in talking about something like meditation. It's like, it's hard to completely define, but I thought you did a great job, Nick. Um, Like what was, it, what, can you maybe talk a little bit about maybe some of
3: the specific practice
0: that yeah. in instruction?
3: So I remember I can, the first time I went, I, and then I ended up having discussions afterwards about meditation with some of the monks and they, they allowed me to kind of see a little bit of what their practice is. But they almost expect you to struggle the first few times because they're, 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 the way that they go about this is like, this is meditation is really a path. And in order to start on the path, like you really need to, to, to struggle with finding that center of yourself. And they, 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 they start you out with multiple things. First is just, you know, sitting down for a few minutes, just deep breathing um no real sound and then they start a guided chanting and you can either um you know go along with the guided chanting or you can focus more on yourself focus more on your breathing but i i've since picked up some of the chanting and that has been actually really helpful in keeping me on course with meditation because like a lot of people i think i my mind stays really busy when i'm trying to meditate so i think having aspects like they also use music as well having aspects like music having aspects like chanting like mantras have really helped me in in staying on track with you know forming the habit of meditation that i have now
0: it's really awesome thank you so much nick i appreciate you sharing and uh yeah look um look forward to hearing more about your experiences in the future thank you guys thank you nick
1: thank you nick respect man Hey, wait! I'm, I'm wondering maybe now to kind of break it up a bit. Would you want to like transition into uh, uh, the short meditation experience? And I see there's a, a bunch more hands up, which is awesome and we really appreciate. Um, but I, I would definitely want to to make sure that we can maybe get some reflection on the experience as well on the back end mm-hmm.
0: of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, take it away, Jordan.
1: Cool. Sounds good. Uh, So as I mentioned earlier, uh, like if you are listening to this and you're currently driving, uh, please pause this and perhaps come back to it uh, when uh, you are not operating heavy machinery. Um, Poor Tucker, by the way. Yeah. Uh,
0: Heavy machinery. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This is a, yeah. um, I hope he turns up somewhere.
1: Perhaps meditation could help.
0: Uh, perhaps this is what he's been doing this whole time, backstage mm. sitting. Hmm.
1: Um, well, there, but, Matt Matt Seidel had like a meditation gimmick of sorts in TNA. Yes,
0: I think so. He had a shaman gimmick. Yes, he did.
1: Yeah. It didn't. I don't think it ever stuck. It's, it's know, hard to pull off in professional wrestling.
0: I feel like it's more of a heel gimmick, to be quite honest with you, um, mm. than than a babyface one. So anyway, uh, hey, before we start, Jordan, like maybe uh, should I be sitting for this? Should I like, you know, what, what's 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 the posture or anything?
1: So what I would suggest um, is whatever feels comfortable for you is fine for me. Um, so here's how this is going to work. Uh, I'm, I got this, this I don't even know what this is called uh, this thing. I'm, I'm going to open with this and end with this. And then I have this Buffalo drum that I've been using for the better part of a decade uh, in hundreds and hundreds of, of my groups. Uh, and I'm simply going to beat on the Buffalo drum um, in no particular rhythm. Uh, but but really, I mean, I, I feel I can only uh, help others connect with themselves uh, as best as I'm able to connect with myself. So I really have no idea Wei, what I'm about to play on the drum. I have no idea uh, what i'm exactly going to say as as i guide all of us and myself uh, in, into this experience but what i would offer is for us to come into this with uh, as opened of a mind as possible um, in addition to just a, an open heart um, there is no right or wrong uh, so you literally cannot mess this up um, so As we start to
0: transition. And and before we go, go, uh, Neil reminds me to remind our audience, if you do listen to our podcast at 1.25 or 1.5 or 2x speed, now might be a good time to transition back to one times the speed. Just for this.
1: Great recommendation. Thank you, our man. Um, Okay, so we will begin. And you're welcome to join me as we settle into our body. Uh, by just finding a comfortable position wherever you are. So the goal right now is to just settle into our bodies. You may be sitting in a chair. You may be lying on a bed. You may be standing on carpet. Whatever it may be, I invite you to simply just settle in. And you're welcome to join me. I'm going to take a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. If you'd like, and you haven't already, you're welcome to gently close your eyes. If you prefer to keep your eyes open, that's totally cool as well. But for the next few moments, we're simply just going to settle into wherever we are and bring our attention to the breath, in through the nose and out through the mouth. You're welcome to take some more mindful breaths like that. And you're always welcome to return your attention back to the breath. But your body knows how to breathe. So at any point, you can allow yourself to just let go and trust in your body to breathe in a way that feels good for it right now. So if you're willing, I'd like to direct our attention to the sound of the drum right now. So for you, you may notice the tone of it. Maybe it sounds a bit deep or low or maybe more high-pitched to you. you can notice the pattern of me hitting the drum. Some notes are softer, some notes are louder. So you can notice the dynamic of all these notes on the drum. And what's bound to happen to me and everyone else, at some point during this, you're gonna start thinking about something else may notice something else or feel something else that's totally cool, in fact that's normal and natural, but anytime we notice something else like a thought, we can simply treat it like a cloud in the sky, we can see it, we can acknowledge it, and then we can allow it to gently pass on by and redirect our attention. They're back to the drum or back to your breath. For some of us, you may even notice that your body is physically responding to the rhythm. I notice my right foot is tapping along. My head is gently nodding along as well. This way we can just allow the body to do whatever feels good for it right now. The goal isn't necessarily to control anything, like our, our body or our mind, but we're simply, gently, directing our attention in our own experience, either in our breath or the drum right now. Many often say that the drum feels like very foundational to them in this kind of exercise. So in a way, the drum can represent The floor that's carrying your weight right now, or the chair or the bed that you're resting on. So I'd like to invite you to bring your attention to either the floor, the chair, the couch, the bed, whatever's supporting your body right now. And I'd invite you to maybe take a breath in and out, and as you exhale, really allow whatever's supporting you to really hold you. It's secure, it's stable. You can just relax and ease into it. And know that in this moment, this present moment, Whether you're live with us in Zoom or listening five years later on a podcast app or on YouTube, this is still your present moment. And in this moment, you are safe, you are secure, you are grounded. going on in the bigger picture of your life may seem anything but, especially during a pandemic, but in this present moment, right now, which is really all we ever have, we can get in touch with a sense of groundedness, that at least in this moment, things are okay. notice that you actually haven't been paying attention to most of this that's okay and all you can simply do is just redirect your attention back to the experience right now we don't need to judge anything that's happening as good or bad or right or wrong You can simply just welcome anything that comes up with an accepting, non-judgmental presence and attitude. So as you notice, I'm going to start slowing down the rhythm of the drum. maybe simply notice if that feels different in any way. Maybe the slower tempo makes your experience calm down or slow down. Or maybe not. Whatever you notice is fine as it is. So as we start coming to the end of this brief meditation, I invite you to maybe check in with your body. Maybe allow it to gently move feel any tension maybe in your neck and head your shoulders your torso down to your hips and your legs down to your feet slowly start bringing some gentle attention to our body as we come to an end I invite you to join me in just a a couple more mindful breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth.
4: Just a few moments, we can actually hear the silence in the absence of the drumming.
1: And perhaps from what we just experienced, you may notice some stillness within your body and within
4: your mind. Just take a final few moments to just sit in the silence and the stillness. If you become distracted,
1: that's totally fine. You could simply just redirect your attention back to the silence and the relative stillness.
4: So if your eyes are closed, you can gently, slowly open them and bring yourself back to the room. And since this was a drum based or music-based meditation. The last thing
1: I'd like to offer is that music is is a bit different from from some of the other creative arts. But it's similar in how we begin. So a painter starts with a blank canvas. Or a poet may start with a, a
4: blank sheet of paper to write on or a digital illustrator may
1: start with a blank document on their laptop. And so as musicians, we begin with silence. But what's interesting is that musicians as well, we end with silence. And in fact, that's a note that we take into account, and we call it the rest. And I've often found that in my life, especially when things seem really loud and really quick. That oftentimes the best note that I can play in my own life is the rest. So with that, I'm gonna ring this vibratone. And that concludes our meditation.
0: Thank you very much for that, Jordan. Um, I found that was my first time experiencing a drum based meditation and I found it incredibly effective. Um, So I'm just like trying to recognize there's even my, the changes in my own feelings right now after engaging in the practice. But um. You know, uh, we talk about the breath typically as the anchor that um, is recommended in certain types of meditation. And sometimes I find it difficult to always, uh, you know, maintain that connection because my mind just drifts. But the sound of a drum, especially as I'm listening to it through headphones, it's much more kind of um, encompassing and much more kind of like full. So uh, for me, it's I found it a lot more effective and easier to kind of latch onto throughout the course of the actual practice. So that was really interesting and cool. So thanks for that.
1: Awesome. Thank you, dude. Uh, yeah. Many people that I've done this with um, yeah, thousands and thousands of people over the past decade uh, they share something similar that they've tried meditation in the past and it just didn't quote work. But there was something about the drum that helped ground them in the experience. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not making this shit up. Like drumming has been used for thousands of years in virtually every culture uh, for healing and for community building. Uh, it's just we our consumerist Capitalistic uh, culture. We treat art as a music. Yeah. Yeah. But in our culture, we treat art as a product, typically. And uh, most of us don't consider ourselves to be natural musicians either. But we all have a heartbeat. Like life is rhythm. And we quite literally are rhythm as well.
0: Uh, I definitely want to throw it out to the Zoom room if you guys have any feedback uh, about your experiences or if you just want to engage in the conversation. Now uh, is a great time. We will continue it to take as many calls as we need to throughout the rest. Uh, let's go to our man, Neil Flanagan. What's going on, Neil?
7: Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, I just want to um, also say that the I, I, I uh, engaged in this um, with, with Jordan on the Discord uh, a few weeks ago. And once again, I found that the the drum is just an amazing extra anchor. I'm used to breath-based anchoring when um, meditating. And I feel like the, the rhythm is just always there. And it's something that it's, as Jordan just said, it's such a rhythm drumming is such a primal thing in all of humanity that, it, you, you know, you can't not engage with it. And so um meditating with that is just it's it's an extra it's a layer that it's it's something special i think i don't know if you um and i would just like to say more generally thanks very much for for this podcast way i mean i i think the world of you you know that already because i've been around a while but for bringing jordan into this he's he's an incredible communicator teacher um amazingly engaging and and, uh, it's just, you know, he he can charge good money for this shit. And I I think we're very, very lucky uh, to get this, you know, and also Jordan, you're, uh, you're uh, hilarious as well in the right uh, time and space in the Twitch or on Instagram and so on. Um, If I could, I don't want to take up too much time, but I just wanted to say that um, also Anyone looking for a good reason to med- meditate, this was a piece of advice given to me. And it may not work for everybody, but something we do really on autopilot is take a shower. You know, you don't really think about what you're doing. You just you just do it. And often we distract ourselves with podcasts or music or something like that while we're doing it. And a piece of advice that was given to me is take away any distractions Go and have a shower. It's just the easiest uh, little practice you can do and allow your attention to go to what's going on in your mind. Don't try to let the thoughts drift away. Do just let yourself get drawn in to what's going on in your head. And you'll find you might be worrying about a meeting you're having later on. You might be having an imaginary argument with somebody who's annoyed you. You might be taking both sides of that argument. You know, this kind of, for want of a better word, inner monologue or whatever. um, It's there and it's and um when you focus on it um it comes into very sharp relief but it's really there all the time. (laughs) And and so a real benefit of meditation is the ability to kind of disassociate isn't the right word, but um not identify so deeply with those things as being you being At your core there it's almost just an automatic autopilot verbalizing thing that's going on in your head and it sometimes it's just a lot of bullshit and i think that meditation is one of the best ways to to come to that realization um and i see there's still some hands up so i'll i'll uh i'll mute myself but thanks very much guys thank
1: thank you you, Neil. neil uh i really appreciate all of that uh and i i can't agree more uh much of our thinking often isn't even based in reality. It's, it's a lot of what-ifs. Uh, a lot of our thoughts stem from uh, beliefs that uh, are not reality-based. And so, so much of our thinking uh, happens unconsciously. We're not even aware that it's going on. We're completely uh, enmeshed with the thoughts and the feelings and 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 we completely identify with it so what you're suggesting in the shower exercise um but shower or not is to just simply start relating to our thinking um from the posture of observing we can simply observe the mental chatter that's going on and we don't have to get upset or get lost or cling to anything that we're noticing we can simply just become aware and observe it and when that light bulb went off for me in my very early 20s, uh, it felt like everything changed because I no longer had to completely identify or be victim to every thought or every feeling. I could simply just be witness to it. So thank you very uh, much, Neil. I think that was very valuable.
0: Yes, thank you, Neil. There's a related chapter from the Pema Mishuddin book um, to that point that I I did save and I wanted to I thought probably appropriate to read here it's a chapter called drop the story and find the feeling and she says one of the things that makes us get so lost in our emotions is that we attach our stories to them I discovered quite a while back and this was a very liberating for me that the escalation of emotions where you're really in the river swept away losing all your perspective totally carried away by loneliness and anger and despair is fueled by the story Storyline. Our emotions are like the stone thrown into the water without the rings. An emotion without the story is immediate, sharp, and raw. The direct experience of the emotion creates no ripples. But with the storyline, the ripples get bigger and bigger and go out farther and farther and actually turn into waves and hurricane velocity winds. The storyline really turns things up.
1: And story is, is, is everything. Like we have stories about who we are in the world, who we are in different situations. We have stories about, uh, everything in life because we need to make sense of our experience. So it makes sense to have story. But I think it's this idea of being able to simply observe what the story actually is, and then be able to choose, uh, with, with more awareness or consciousness of, is this actually serving us? Um, uh, I'm trying to work some more pro wrestling into this way. I think, uh, I'm, I'm off to a great start with, uh, Tucker and, and Matt Seidel and TNA. Um, but to, to kind of take what you offered and, and share an experience, uh, of my own life in, in Ring of Honor, uh, within my first couple months there, I was invited to one of the creative meetings. And so I'm in a room with someone like Christopher Daniels who I've watched on TV for decades. And I'm in a room, you know, with the, the, the head booker there um, delirious Hunter Um, and a bunch of other professionals that have been doing pro wrestling for a very long time. And that I, I had great respect for BJ Whitmer being one of them as well. And the story that was easy for me to tell myself was like, I'm this punk kid, psychotherapist, musician, like did the pro wrestling thing uh, as a teenager, but like I just watch it on TV. And it was easy for me to get into the story of who am I to be in this room? And if I didn't have the skills to be able to observe that storyline in my own in my own mind and to be able to uh, check myself and ask if this is, reality-based or helpful, um, and if I didn't have the skills to meet myself with compassion and flexibility and openness, like that fear or that anxiety could have crippled me in that moment. But I was able to reframe the story and tell myself, like, I am here for a reason. There is a reason why I have this job. And there is a reason why I was asked to be a part of this conversation and to use my voice in the conversation uh, with these people who have been doing this for uh, uh, much longer than I ever had. Um, And it was being able to, uh, to have uh, uh, to relate to myself in a more productive, kinder way that allowed me to ultimately show up in the moment, uh, feel more confident than not uh, and to have really active, valuable, engaging interactions with these people.
0: We have time for a couple more calls that we before we finish up here and we go to Maddie B. Maddie B, what's up?
8: Hey, hey, Jordan, what's going on, guys? What up, Maddie Maddie B? B. Um, Even the second what Neil was saying, um, you guys do an absolutely great job at this and I really appreciate uh, bringing the wellness policy um, as a podcast. Um, And uh, yeah, because you guys just the way you communicate, uh, just everything seems to just work so well, um, you know, and, you and, know, and the, and the way you guys like speaking and whatnot, it kind of it makes me want to engage more and makes me want to listen. Because, you, know, you know, you know, you can be in like in a, in a class at a university or a college or whatever, and, you know, get a boring professor coming up and, you know, saying stuff and kind of, you know, you zone out right away. But with you guys, it's to be like locked in and 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 listening for the whole, you know, hour and a half, two hours, uh, or however long it usually is, um, which is uh, you know, which is props to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, anyway, so about the meditation. So yeah, the uh, the book is great uh, resource for, for see, like, uh, and I just started doing that. Um, just like, I guess I started meditating uh, after this, since the last um, uh, wellness policy uh, podcast last month. And uh, yes, yeah, so the, the the book was a great resource for me. Um, I learned a lot, a lot of things. Um, even the, the, the Netflix uh, Headspace, uh, that kind of almost goes right into it. Um, so it kind of almost like, uh, works off each other, uh, really well. And, uh, it's, it's kind of what works for me pretty good. Um, uh, since like sometimes when I, you know, get anxiety or get stressed out, whatever, um, I kind of just, you know, uh, kind of just I almost try, try to push it away and, um, you know, and then uh, until, uh, furthermore kind of thing where it's like, I, I try not to worry about it, but it almost gets worse when, when that happens. And I seem to, um, even when, when I'm pushed away, it seems to, you know, come back at a, um, a, a, at a certain point where when something else goes on and like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, I, then I'm like stressed out about the other thing and then this as well. Um, so I've noticed that when I've kind of gotten to that point, um, I know I've done a meditation, like, you know, short one, even like anywhere from like, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and, and it seemed to have worked really well to kind of just get my emotions back to normal. Um, even though like I, um, <laughs> you know it might not work exactly every time like perfectly but enough where i'm like i mean you still it where it's like after i finish i'm like okay i'm calmer and i know i can resume whatever he's doing in a in a better manner um so which, which is awesome but usually like i said like it's it, i like I, this is a good ways of dealing with my anxiety and stress so
0: it's awesome that you've managed to find that it's great
8: uh, beautiful cool. yeah, thanks for so, sharing that oh yeah, No, no, no worries
0: no worries thank you very much maddie appreciate the call and and thank you for the kind words and thank you for listening let's go up next to hansi hansi are you there
9: yo what's going on guys uh hey, I, i've Angie. been enjoying I, i've been enjoying the show um I, i'm gonna be honest with you i don't really know much about like i i mean from like i i, mean, I learned a lot from what you guys are saying about meditation I've never been able to get into it because my, my mind, I guess, because like when you're like kind of bipolar, like your mind, like I have so many thoughts, like, I guess, because like, whenever like you're trained to kind of be funny my inclination is that you're always thinking of different angles right so whenever I try to sit in silence it never actually works out for me I'll definitely try like the 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 method you guys are talking about but I wanted to ask you guys like do you is there any correlation between like meditation and some of the stuff like lucid dreaming and like astral projection because I think I'm more into the dreaming aspect because I feel like my dreams are like alternate realities in some kind of way or like maybe like designing my mind to be uh organ like organized for something that's to come in like you know, the actual reality so I, I was wondering where do you guys sit on like you know like oh, the, the, the like the lucid dreaming or astral projection i don't know if you guys are familiar as much with that whatever but i just wanted to get your thoughts on that and i'll and that's basically what I wanted wanted to ask, whatever. I just not want to take torture your time, but I just want to say I enjoyed the show, uh and uh, I, I always I always love these uh, uh monthly shows. So thank you guys.
1: Thanks, Hansi. Thanks, Hansi. Uh wait, I'd say I'm too ignorant to what he's asking about to offer some uh responsive value.
0: Likewise. Um all I know about like astral projections and lucid dreaming are what I see in movies and um I definitely don't feel qualified enough to to speak on it, nor nor its relationship to meditation. Um, I I feel like it's all within a similar realm, maybe of study. But sure. I I not enough for me to say, unfortunately, Hansi. Uh, but he Hansi did mention something that I found really interesting in how, you know, he talked about how I I I guess I'm not completely familiar with like Hansi's experience with comedy, but he mentioned how being a comedian. You always have to kind of be like thinking, thinking, thinking about what's next. And for me, this experience of trying to talk about meditation and engaging in meditation and then now doing a podcast after having just, you know, done a meditation has been really unique because I'm trying to be comfortable with the spaces in between my words. I'm trying to be comfortable with not thinking as I'm engaging in this conversation. And I think when I do that, the conversation's better because I could focus a lot more. But in radio, anytime we do a podcast, I mean, our goal often is to try to fill in those. You can't have dead air. You can't have any silences, you know. Uh, So um, anyway, that's just me trying to think out loud here.
1: No, I, I think you're onto something. So even in my awareness of offering the meditation a few minutes ago, there were moments in which silence and me just not talking felt appropriate. But I did feel the pressure of uh, wanting to keep everyone's attention. But even in our silence and relative stillness, we're still communicating. That's why I said that with uh, musicianship, the rest is written and treated as a credible, legitimate note that we choose to use with intention. So even in stillness and silence, we can capture a lot of attention. You know, uh, everyone or many people talk about someone like uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, who was very effective in his promo abilities because he was willing to slow things down and to get quiet and to ask the viewer to lean into him. So even now, as I'm creating more space between the words, I feel a greater sense of control and mastery of what I'm communicating right now. Uh, I also relate to what Hansi was talking about with this pressure to be funny. Uh, When I was younger, I felt the same thing too. And for me, at least, I'll speak to myself, a lot of that was a lack of self-esteem. I found that people engaged with me and seemed to enjoy my presence because it was natural for me to be funny. And I found that By uh, letting go of that pressure and being kinder and less judgmental to myself, it actually allowed me to be funnier because I wasn't trying as hard.
0: Well, you're hilarious. So it's working out for you. Um, Yeah. No, it's 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 really interesting because, uh, you know, using the analogy of Jake Jake, the Snake Roberts, I mean, I think it extends to wrestling in ring itself where so much to me of the criticism I have exactly Um, yeah it's become a bit of a cliche you know old-timer thing that people would say to the younger generation but the more I watch wrestling the longer time I'm becoming a fan the more I appreciate slower style the more I appreciate what 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 the really great wrestlers are able to do in between the moves to elicit reaction Uh, That to me is sort of like something that is far much more difficult to perfect and master. And um, maybe that's just kind of goes to show, you you know, the further importance of not just thinking about the objects that are in front of our faces, but the things that we aren't necessarily uh, presented with those gaps and the silences in in our experience. And it's
1: almost to the point of cliche where uh, many uh, credible veteran wrestlers will talk about the space between the moves, just like uh, it's a cliche in music to talk about the space between the notes Mm -hmm. and cliche for very good reason. Mm -hmm.
0: What's the reason? Uh,
1: Because I think that's where, that's where the connection points are. Like if, if you're just going to play as much and as fast as possible, it's harder to really connect. I believe but for me, if i 'm watching a, a a wrestling match and, and someone is going to do a, a wrestling move to someone else, I want time as a as a spectator to take in what I just saw, and I would like to see uh, the person on one end sell the move and, and I want to see a facial reaction of of, of both competitors and seeing what that in the story of a pro wrestling match actually meant to them emotionally and and the psychology of the match. I mean, it's storytelling and storytelling is inherently emotional. So when it's just move after move after move, there's really nothing to dig into emotionally.
0: Mm -hmm. It's a concept of, I think it's Sorry to cut you off. To me, I think it's part of the concept of, you know, less is more. The more big spots you cram into a match, the fewer they each kind of mean, unfortunately. Um, Like, I love the Britt Baker uh, Thunder Rosa match last night. But by the end of it, I don't really think about the thumbtack spot that much because there were so many other spots that came out of it. Um, And not to say that's any sort of criticism. I mean, for a big match like that, you probably want to cram as many of those in. But... You know, let's say they threw in even more after what they did. And they ended off at I think a really good note. But let's say they kept, you know, throwing in flaming tables. Well, how much is that thumbtack spot gonna mean after that? So um I don't know how we started talking about thumbtacks and exploding tables, but this is a wrestling podcast, after all, isn't it, Jordan? The
1: post-wrestling podcast. I haven't watched the match yet, but I look forward to watching it uh, perhaps later today. Uh, but to your point, One of the reasons I believe, without watching the match, uh, one of the reasons I believe why the match uh, was so significant is because there really haven't been other matches like this uh, from a promotion the size of of AEW uh, featuring
0: women. So in that sense, less is more. Less is more. Wonderful. Uh, So I think that about wraps up our discussion here about meditation on this episode. But what is coming up on the wellness policy in April, Jordan. In April, we return the book that we will be reading
1: is one that you, you may be familiar with uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson. Uh, I I think one of the reasons why I'm interested in uh, centering on this book is because I don't know. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know enough about the book to really say it is about this one thing specifically. Um, whereas with this episode, meditation and in the past, you know, flow states and habit formation, that felt a bit more concrete. Um, I'm interested to read this book uh, for many reasons. One, uh, it's an international bestseller. I'd argue it's one of the most well-known uh, self-improvement books of the past few years. Uh, to the point way you uh, shared a picture with me yesterday of like a half dozen other books that had curse words kind of bleeped out, uh, piggybacking off the success of this book um but mark manson uh, even though i haven't read the book i've been a uh an email subscriber of his for years so i really enjoy his perspective and and his ideation and his writing and i know a lot of you uh are familiar with it i know some of you have read it already and i'm interested to to take in the book and then maybe next month there's a handful of different topics or stories or chapters that really uh, intrigued us or resonated with us and, and we can publicly riff on them with this wellness
0: policy community. I'm looking forward to it. I've experienced the book before in audiobook form, but never really like I I find I'm much more engaged when I'm actually holding a copy in my hands and highlighting and things like that. So I look forward to diving into this and the concepts uh, suggested it within. I know a number of people have read it. So maybe we'll take some feedback from all of you and just kind of engage in a bit of a discussion. So I look forward to that. The subtle art of not giving a fuck. They actually uh, print two copies at the bookstore that I went to. It was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F asterisk CK and right next to it, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a bleep. So <laughs> depending on how <laughs> how uh, comfortable uh, you can pick up the copies of, that you choose. So uh Thank you, Jordan. This was awesome. If people wanted to experience uh, perhaps a bit more of your drum based meditation, where can they find that?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll can uh, YouTube. I mean, if you YouTube me uh, like Jordan Goodman Beatwell. I mean, there may be some stuff on there, just kind of seen some of the drum based work uh, that I've done. Um I mean, I don't offer this much anymore. I haven't in the pandemic. This is something I would do um, at least three days a week uh, pre-pandemic when I could be in a circle with human beings uh, drumming and guiding. Um, but what I would say is that you're you're more than welcome to connect with me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Jordan Beatwell. And if this is something that you're really interested in, uh, and want to experience more, uh, or if you're more uh, interested in, say, meditation or drum circle experience, uh, full permission to reach out to me and let me know what you're interested in. I'd be happy to direct you. And if, uh, you know, if it seems like there's a lot more interest, then I'd be happy to do this again uh, in the future on the Discord.
0: Uh, awesome! I want to thank everybody that joined us live in the Zoom chat room. Everybody who called in, everybody who interacted in the in the chat, what, no matter what how long you stayed, we truly appreciate it. We are live uh, on Thursday at three o'clock Eastern. Once a month so be on the alert for all post cafe post wrestling cafe patrons for the next notice and if you're just listening to this afterwards on the free feed thank you very much for that as well we hope you enjoyed it and please leave feedback whether it be on youtube or through our social media or uh the message board or the discord com slash discord is where you can find the wellness policy hub where um you know, Jordan is very responsive to several people. Uh, anytime you have something to say, if you just want to have somebody to talk to or just want to read and see people's stories related to the topics that we talk about. So uh, thank you, every everybody. Any any uh, last words, Jordan, before we say goodbye?
1: Uh, I think if we all, whether you're live in Zoom right now or just listening uh, wherever you may be. In your podcast app or on YouTube, if maybe we could all just bring our collective energy uh, together and really just send some love to Tucker out there, wherever he may be.